This is Toby Haydock on the internet. You know, where the nuts come from. Uh, oh, it's one of my favourite ones. I had coffee with a Tharil this morning, but this afternoon I'm having wine with a Mavellan. So I'm going to ask the subject of my <laughs> latest podcast to tell me who he is and why I'm talking to him about Doctor Who. Um, I'm Peter Straker, and I was in Destiny of the Daleks. It's a four-part thing with the glorious and great and wonderful Tom Baker playing the Doctor. And you said when uh, I, I popped in, you said oh, well, we're going to talk about Doctor Who, but you don't. You, you, I don't remember all that much. But then stuff started coming back. Uh, I don't remember that much. Um, I just had a great time doing it. I did it with um, my second in command, the gorgeous um, Suzanne Danielle. I think he's married to Tom. T- um, to Sam Torrance. Sam Torrance. I know Tom Torrance. Sam Torrance. Tom. You know Tom. Sam Torrance. And I met her about for the first time about four or five years ago at at the Ivy <laughs> we were having dinner and she went well, and it was wonderful it was like like all, with all actors it was like you've just seen each other yesterday she's had children and all that sort of thing but it's, it's like it's gone you know what I mean mm. and it was great so and, and I had a wonderful time doing it didn't do what they seem to do now is to go on location to glossy places and fabulous places or even going to Wales I think we went down to I can't remember I think it was Portland in Dorset I think that's where we did it Lulworth Cove is that what it was that's it there you are you know better yes there you are yes I did and it was lovely a bit damp and cold and the sand was meant to look like the desert as I remember but it was very cold and we were dressed in these um, I've seen pictures when I was slimmer and um, when I was slimmer, and I was slimmer, and I, I, I was in, in very tight-fitting white suits and, and um, silver hair, and I wish I, I lent my silver hair to somebody for a party. It's just coming back now, and I think he's lost it. <gasps> so I'm rather sad, but there you are. You gave, you, you gave your Mavellan locks to yeah, somebody. Yeah, and yes, I know exactly who it is, and I won't say the words that are now in my brain um, anyway it's just gone but that's life <laughs> that's, a, that's a gap on eBay if ever it, it, it certainly is <laughs> unless he finds them I think he's dead now actually so it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the, the thing that sticks in mind particularly for me and your contribution you were talking about um, uh, the location is do you spend your death scene being kicked about by Lala Ward who kicks your arm off yes and, she, and, and I became quite friendly with Lala, Lala Ward as well yes and she kicked my arm off yes that, that was a, a rather marvellous scene as I remember I think all I can remember is the arm falling off and it was quite because we were meant to be I know we were meant to be um, I was meant to be human we were humanoids in fact but we to all intents and purposes we were human we are human but for the film <laughs> and for the telly I, we, I, I wasn't yeah, but that's what I remember about it. And just having a great time filming it. I have to say, I really had a wonderful time filming it. So, and and Mr. Mr. Baker is, I, we had a glorious time together. <laughs> and it was directed by a chap called Ken Grieve. Do you remember Ken? Yes, I do remember Ken Grieve. Yes, I do very much. Very it was only so. Doctor Who. It was it, and it was only my only, only Doctor Who. Actually, strangely enough, I was asked to do another Doctor Who, 
and I couldn't do it. I was asked to do a Doctor Who for the BBC, and I was doing something else, and we were trying desperately, and I can't remember. It was to do with... I, I was very sad I didn't do it, because, but it was to do with... Um, uh, Clowns and uh, oh, the uh, greatest show in the galaxy! I can imagine exactly the part you would have played. And in I that. was asked to do it, and I so wanted to do it. And I just—I was filming something else, and they just couldn't. We tried everything to work it out, and we just overlapped. It was—that was very sad. And never—they've never asked me to do another one, and I want to, especially now. Oh yes, especially now. Oh, yes, I'm older. They wouldn't recognise me. You, it would have been, it was, but it would have been the ringmaster in Greatest Show in the Galaxy. I think you might have been, uh, which would yes. have been I a great, got the script great part. Great well, part there you are. You. I didn't do it. Oh well, there's and there's something we've unearthed. Something we didn't know. In fact, have you ever done an interview about Doctor Who before? Never. Well, thanks very much. <laughs> um, uh, I haven't uh, been. I haven't even been to a convention. I've been asked to go to conventions, and I might go to one. They're talking about it this year, but I don't know yet. We'll see. And um, it's interesting that you talked about trying to make it work because you you have done stints on telly I'm thinking of things like Connie as well particularly Um, but I think you're best known for singing and live work so is that something you prioritise if you were to be off a telly and a musical is is it that you favour the live singing I I used to when I was younger now I'd love to be on television now properly again Um, but I'm enjoying doing live stuff but it's like you're an actor you're this you, you, you do what what's offered and um, most of the stuff that I've done recently has been generated um, by me my ideas and stuff like that I'm, I'm working on a show about Jacques Brel Jacques Brel I must say this properly so near, um, which is the Belgium French well he's Belgium he was born in Belgium but he, he really became very famous in France and I did I've done very quite a few versions of this um, this is the latest version of it because you can't change the songs. Um, but the other version I did, which was really very successful, um, was with Mel Smith, who devised it and put together a whole uh, series of songs. And Mel came from it from a very wonderful end of it. That uh, to be fun, to be witty, because he was very funny, Jack Bryan. But some of those songs are quite heavy, and they, the chanson, you know, if you go away on the summer day, then, I don't know. But you know, it's all those heavy songs. Um, but there's a lot of wit in it, so and that's what even with the new show that we're doing, um, we're showing clips of him as a and his philosophy, and he talks about what he does, and he's quite he's quite witty and quite funny. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. And so let's wind back to right back to the beginning. Then, um, how did you discover that you have this this voice? Um, I've to be very very honest, I've never thought I've had a good voice. It's only uh, been told recently, so I'm beginning to believe people. I've, um, I can sing, and that's all. My mother was a singer. She was a, a leader singer. And my brothers can sing, and we all sang. We just sang around the house, as, as you do. So you just never, it's never considered. So, um, and, and I know it sounds over-humble and modest. It's not a lot. I, I just never thought. I've, never, I've always had a lot of doubts about my singing. I'm beginning to think I can sing now, as I come towards the end of my life. Um... um I th- yes, so I'm enjoying it, I have to say. Well, I have to say, for the benefit of the listeners, because you were m- mourning the fact that you were thin in Destiny of the Daleks, now you're saying you, you, look, you still look thin and you don't look like you're coming to the end of your life. 
Well, I know, but I know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I know. No, no, the Mavellian suit would never get over this. Sorry, <laughs> just a fact. I'm not that fat, no, but I'm getting fatter by the day. Too much uh, alcohol. Relaxes the larynx. Yes, Cheers. Yes. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my with my piano player and musical, one of my musical directors, Gulliver Ralston. He's being very quiet in the background. And he's being very patient, and we appreciate it, Gulliver. Um, mm. uh, oh, we just finished rehearsing, and after finished rehearsing, you know... A glass of wine. Yes. Yeah. So how, now this is a, a thing, uh, you know, as a comedian, uh, in, to all intents and purposes, I just have to rock up and do my job. Oh, yeah. I have to write material, sure, but I don't have to keep myself... In trim, how how often do you rehearse? And I rehearse mainly if I know I've got a show or, or, or a project coming up, then I rehearse. Um, but in between that, I don't do too much because I'm not one of those. I, I don't have to. I don't have to sing every day. It's just, I'm so lucky. And I'm knocking wood. I don't have to sing every day. I can just sing. I can. I'm just lucky. I just sing. But I think I pr probably do a lot of work mentally because I think, like most things, it's, it's, it's a mental process. So if I'm working or know I'm going to work, I just I already start working. I walk a lot, try and walk a lot, and I do most of my singing in the park, <laughs> learning words. And you, you were in... Uh, was, it, was it the original production of Hair that you were yes, in? Yes, the London production. No, there was an American original production. Um, I was in the original London production of here, which was in 1968. I keep saying it opened at the end of 1968, <laughs> but we rehearsed all that summer, um, and it it opened after after they got rid of the um, the Lord Chamberlain's office, you know, censorship, mm. because um, you weren't allowed to be naked and moving on the stage. Um, that was against law. You could be, you could be st still. That's part of the, the censorship, and you weren't allowed to say um, whatever word you said. You, you weren't allowed to swear mm -hmm. on the stage um, in England. So, and 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 of course, it, it broke a lot of trends. It was a fantastic show to do, actually. Looking back, and well, at the time, it was fantastic because it was the first time people used lead mics on stage with all you know lead running. Not not they weren't um, the transistor. Is that the word? Transistors? Mics? You know, microphones you can yeah. speak up without lead, lead mics. And there's a band, rock, a rock band, 10-piece rock band, next to you on stage on a truck. And we just came down. We did a Shaftesbury Theatre. Fantastic musical. It's, it, 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 it was a good thing for a Methodist darkie um, <laughs> from the middle class, um, Palmer's Green, to, to do. Especially when my mother was a, a, a leader singer. She she did say she said actually which I say in my show, she says she said um, she wasn't sure it was quite the, the right thing for me to doing for my West End debut. <laughs> <laughs> so you know where I come from now. You heard it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was born in Jamaica though, mm -hmm. but I, we grew up. I grew up here. I grew up in London. Yeah. So I'm, I am a Jamaican, a proper Jamaican. Yeah. And so how had you broken into musical theatre? I wanted to be an actor, and I still want to be an actor. And I had the, oh, oh, children. When you're young, it's it's awful what we do to ourselves because we just. I just thought I can do this. I don't need to go to drama school or anything. I just can do this. 
and then I was I was accepted for a couple of drama schools, and I just said no. In the end, I just said no. And I, um, mother mother knew some people, and I met some, some, and I went to see this lovely lady um, called Anne Challenger, I think it is, and she's an agent. And I just went and I said I want to be an actor. <laughs> she looked at me because a friend of my mum's. We'll just see what this child is for. <laughs> and I said, anyway, she and she. She then said, I have a, a young assistant here. And I think he's probably the best person to look after. And then he called me, and, and I, I don't know, some two months later, and he said, there's a show coming into town. Nobody knows anything about it, but I've put you forward to audition for it. And it was hair. I did nine auditions. Nine? Yes, most of us did nine auditions. Goodness me. And on the ninth one or tenth one... Um, it, it, it was the, it's like the chorus line thing. They said, they, they, I don't know how many of us were left, 40-odd, 50 people, and they said, the names we call, please step forward. So all of us in the back row thought we hadn't got the role, and they said, thank you very much. Um, and would you lot stay? And that was it. So I didn't even know what, I didn't know what hair was about. I had no idea. There's a cruelty to that, though, isn't there? The, the, the idea that they don't, even say until you know step forward. So everyone that steps forward, you think, think? Well, that's what, what, what we all thought. Yes, 1968 that was. So I don't know. It's probably changed. I don't know. They just probably say thank you. We'll call your agent. Yes, but well, nine auditions. They don't even do that. They just nine auditions is enough. Yeah, really. Yeah, you know. But that, that spawned appearances in. I mean, you've been in countless. Yeah, I've been. I've been lucky. I've done lots of stuff, and I've been, and then I st- that started me, sort of because it was a musical, I suppose, singing. And I did some uh, records at the time, which are a bit dodgy, I suppose. <laughs> well, it's, it's very interesting how people compare you to other people. And um, because I have a big voice, it was comparing. And, and, and some of the records were not good, but I'm glad I've done them. It's done. It's all done. Dusted, finished. <laughs> but, d- so do you consider yourself an, an actor first and foremost? I would like to think that, yes. But um, nobody's rushing forward to give me acting roles, so I'm just doing music a lot, and um, we've just recorded the boy thing. In the 70s, I, I, I made three albums. I nearly, I was nearly a rock and roll star. Nearly, I loved rock and roll, and I worked with um, uh, Freddie Mercury from Queen. I asked him to, if he would produce an album f- uh, with me and uh, for me and with me, and so he, he said yes, but. Queen weren't very popular in the middle of the 70s because punk was just... And all those huge artists, you know, with those glam rocks and those sort of big stadium events, them, which is great for punk rock, did that one of the things, stripping it back and just be musicians like the Beatles were and all those people and, and the Stones were. I mean, they're, they're different now, but it was all that sort of mm-hmm. edgy music. Anyway, we did the album. I did the album and I, I recorded um, with, on, with EMI. I did two albums and one on Rocket Records with Elton John's label and then I became a bit disillusioned with it all because of the way the and I don't think it's changed it's just changed around the business was run to be very serious I just became disillusioned and I just thought oh go and act go back and act and I I got some stuff I went to National Theatre for a season and, and, and stuff and I did other bits yeah so you just wherever you go but then I started to have with my band I started to do some gigs and things like that and things. so that's how the music has progressed 
And you were, you were, I have to do this because I can't think of any other interview about Doctor Who that will mention Freddie Mercury. So he was, he was, a, he was, you were good mates, weren't you? Absolutely. Yes, we were very, very good friends for 15 years before he died. Yeah, he was my best friend, one of my best friends. Yes, we were very, 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 very good friends. And we had a great time together. And Queen, the boys, um, quite friendly with them as well, obviously through him. And um, it were good times. I really had a lovely time. What was their secret? Because as you say, they weren't. They went through a phase of not being popular. But then, uh, and when people go out of fashion, sometimes that's it. And they, they stay out of fashion. To well, they managed to go in. It's very difficult to say in, um, in our business because... Oh, talent is there. They're very talented, and they're hugely talented, and as a unit, they work, in my opinion, fantastically. They have their disagreements, like every unit, like everybody, because they're like a family, and if you work with people all the time, um, you have that. And I think it's uh, because they were sort of fairly worldwide at the beginning, different territories then took them up so when things weren't so hot here they went to America and did very well and you need that wonderful element with all the the management and everything as a bit of luck and um, um, I think Freddie at one stage I can't remember in what instance we're we're just lucky but they've kept working you see the point is they hadn't given up they just keep and they they were musicians first Um, and, and they just worked and, and they had a good team that the work they worked with, but it, a lot of the things they did, they did sort of together, and then it would manifest itself. So, yeah, they've done well, and, and you, they're still doing well. And you worked on a couple of projects with them, didn't you? Aren't you? You were in the yeah. video as the, the the cracking singer. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm in the green dress. <laughs> in it's a great pretender. Did, did that take much persuasion? Well, well, yes, because at the time, I tell you what, <laughs> at the time we were doing, at the time I was doing at, at Bristol Ovic, I was doing, um, I was playing Cassius and Julius Caesar. <laughs> oh, okay. And that's yes, yes, yes. And um, I, Roger, was the other girl in the dress, Roger Taylor, mm-hmm. and Freddie obviously was in the middle, and I was the the other one on the other side, and um, I had to come up from <laughs> I had to shave that day. All my, I'm not, I'm not a hairy man, but you know, my armpits and things like that. Well, I didn't shave them. I, I know what it is now. Um, it's oh, bleeding. It's something that makes that women put on themselves to get rid of their hair. Imac. Imac. That's the word. Imac. That's the word. It's not immaculate. Imac. <laughs> That's the word. And I remember standing in the shower after putting this on before going into rehearsals to get rid of this and I got rid of my moustache I didn't put on my moustache I just shaved that off um, um, and the day we were filming I, I, we had to rehearse all day Roger Reese was directing it and I rehearsed all day um, and he, he, he let me off at 4.30 from Bristol because we had to I had to drive my driver drove me up to um, somewhere in Battersea to some studio there and by after they got me into this dress and the wigs and makeup took some time. <laughs> um, we started, I think, shooting. I, we, I got there about six thirty-seven. We started shooting about nine nine thirty, and we we worked all through the night. And we finished at about four or five in the morning. Went back to Freddy's and slept for two hours. And I was picked up again and went straight to rehearsals the next morning. Heavy schedule. 
Yeah, you must have been a very lean and hungry Cassius that day. Oh, I'm <laughs> tired. Yeah, no, no, yes, I did that, yes, I've forgotten about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, in terms of other um, telly, I mentioned it before, Connie with Stephanie Beecham, that was a good part for you, wasn't it? Yes, it was, actually, what's his name? Um, wrote it, um, Ron Hutchinson wrote it, who was a playwright, it just had um, Death in the Skull at the um, Royal Court Theatre. And I got this part... Which, well, I, which I wanted. I was told about it, so I got it, and I wanted to do it. And um, <laughs> uh, I was... It was a 13-part episode, episodic thing, and then I was in for the first five episodes or six, and I was told I was going to be killed off after that. But very luckily, Ron said they'd like... And... and, and um, um, Nick Palmer, who was the producer, said um, they like what you're doing, so we're going to keep you in because I was about to be killed off. And I and I said, well, I'm thrilled about that. And that was a gr- lovely series with so many wonder. Well, Stephanie, Pam Ferris, because I haven't seen Pam for years. But every time we see each other, it's like again, it's like those people. I see Stephanie a lot, um, and Paul Rogers, Brenda, Brenda, I can't Bruce. remember Bruce. Oh, you know, you know all these. Brenda oh, Bruce, yeah. and 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 it was great, and we had a, a, and Richard Morant. Yes. And died last year. I, so. Yes, I heard. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. So we did. Did he do Doctor Who? Was it? He never did a Doctor Who. No. No, I just don't know. Um, who was great, and Richard and I were the bad boys on the set, and <laughs> I just, I, just great times, great times, and Richard, because I knew his wife at the time, Val. And they had two lovely children, um, who must be totally grown up now, mm-hmm. like all children. <laughs> yeah. When, when you know, because God, we did that in the late eighties. Yeah. Well, I won't tell you how old I was when Destiny of the Daleks was on. Well, I, you, you're probably a child. <laughs> yes. It's one of my earliest memories. Yes. Well, I did. I, I was going to tell you. This is this is name dropping. But I did a show years ago called in the West End at the Cambridge Theatre called um, Hot Stuff, mm-hmm. which is a co- compilation like rock and roll show. And I was in it, I played the sort of narrator part in it. And Caroline O'Connor was in it and Paulette Ivory. And I met about two or three years ago in the same restaurant that I eat, just locally in Baker Street, um, Chinese restaurant, the Phoenix Palace, go there. Um, uh, Matt Lucas, and he came and told me, he said to me, what, that he loved my voice and what a fan, fan he was. And he said, he saw that show when he was 13. <laughs> 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 so there you go. Oh. Uh, there you go. And that's, that's yes. Mm. Uh, well, <laughs> the, you've, you've still got the energy to do, because your face stared at me. I was doing the Edinburgh Fringe this last year, just gone. And uh, there's a great thing being a performer there, because you feel... Uh, somewhat va- somehow validated by all the other people <laughs> that are there. Yes. Actually, that's, yes, I never thought of that. And I have to say, for me, especially as I was doing a show about Doctor Who, to see your face on the posters and go, "Oh, and he was in a Doctor Who story that I remember," oh, it, it made me feel. It made me feel. I've been a professional comic for fifteen years, but it's things like that that make me feel like you're, a proper you're young, performer. But you're young. Fifteen years. <laughs> um, so, do you, I mean, do you still? Because Edinburgh's. Big ask, isn't it? It's a tiring thing. It is an exhausting thing, as Gully will tell you. So, that's your first Edinburgh, wasn't it? It was last year. Yes. That's it. So you see, so that somebody else going through the pub with their talking on their phone. It's all right. No, it's yeah, it's it gone. Was a rich baritone. Yes, yes, yes. Um, no, it's exhausting. 
it's 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 well you know it's endless mm. it's not i don't have to sing what we do we do the whole month i think we're going back this year mm -hmm. in fact i'm almost sure we haven't finalized it yet but i think we're going back i don't think i'm saying anything out of I don't think I'm saying anything no, out of. Right. Out of happy with this. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I'm saying anything out of. Um, I, I don't know yet. And do, and do you get a, a do you get accosted by Doctor Who fans at uh, yes, things do. like that? I do. Yeah. I do. I do. Last night I did a show. Um, last night on at the Queen Elizabeth Hall, and there were about six or seven Doctor Who fans. They stand out in the rain and everything. Mm -hmm. they, they, they're not interested in the show you're doing. <laughs> they have these things, but they come up. It, it sounds awful. People come up with photographs that didn't even I didn't even know existed, mm. and I don't know how they get them. I presume I've been told they get them from. They can get screen caps off the DVD, or they're on, or you know, they're online. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's out on DVD now, of course. Yeah. Yes, but, so that's an interesting one as a performer because I, I have to say I had worse than that though. Uh, when I did, have my you done one? Uh, no, I've never done a Doctor Who. Well, what? I have done my shows about Doctor Who, and when my first show about Doctor Who went to the West End, lots of people from Doctor Who came to see it, and so I had people waiting at my show who didn't come and see my show and got autographs from the people in the audience so at least at least they're turning up to your show for you yes. i had people turning up and i walk in and they turn their sort of they turn their nose up at me because i'm not canon i've not been in doctor who and then they grab louise jameson or whoever yes. had been in doctor who yes so but, yes. but uh, do you uh, i mean have you do done you, louise as well so uh, to speak uh, that's, well that's the worst that's a yes. terrible piece of gossip uh, i know louise very well yeah, i'm right. seeing her tomorrow oh well give her my love will you oh do you, you I, work with I louise love her. no yes i haven't worked with but i know her very well. Yeah, she's you know, a very yeah, nice lady. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Um, so, do, 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 you know, as somebody that's done all of this stuff, how do you how do you feel about that? About the fact that you know there are Doctor Who fans who will only show an interest in a job you did for you know a month or so. In I'm quite flattered. I'm quite flattered. I mean, it's it's something that you almost forget. Except that Doctor Who, to be honest, has now become a modern. It's a phenomenon. Because there was a time when it stopped, didn't it? Mm. Which you will know. Yeah. For some times, and then in the modern, I, what, what I call the modern era, yeah. <laughs> you know, before and after Christ, before and after who? <laughs> 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 it's um, it's it's a phenomenon, and it and and the amount of people. I mean, it's it's sort of alarming, and yet it, it's 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 quite lovely. It, it's very lovely. I mean, God, my agent. Most of the letters are still from Doctor Who fans wanting you to sign things and mm -hmm. and things. Don't send me too much because I'm very bad at it. <laughs> There's really, a plea. I'm very bad at it. It's not because of laziness. I just forget. Yes. Yeah. And it really is. And I saw somebody the other day. Oh, and I feel terrible. And people must just think, what a louse. But I, I get a few off and then I just don't. There's so many other things. I'm just lazy. Mm -hmm. Because we, we're all lazy, but I'm really lazy. And it's terrible. Because I go, I must do this. I've got piles of things. I go, I've got the must do. It's like the in tray and the out tray. <laughs> and the in tray is huge. It's very bad. And I'm, I'm not, I'm, I, when I'm saying that, I really am not, I'm, I'm very unhappy that I'm so lazy. I should probably have a secretary. But I'm not, I don't need a secretary. And the, the, the other people who then help me or look after me, they, they have to do more practical things, yes, <laughs> like than getting putting me in the wheelchair <laughs> <laughs> and running. No, no, you know. Then, so that's anyway. Yeah.
Well, look, I said I'd take 20 minutes. I've taken longer than yeah. that. So let's make this more social and less formal. No, right. But before we sign off... Um, oh, well, I haven't asked you about... I mean, if you're going to do a Doctor Who, not only did you do one in a quarry, you did one with the Daleks. That's not the bad, Daleks, is it? The Daleks. I love the Daleks. They were fantastic. And quite, Do you know, I was when I first saw Doctor Who, I found it quite, um, uh, quite terrifying... I didn't actually look at the lot of the new w w when I was younger. I genuinely didn't. Uh, the music is extraordinary because the music's quite scary, mm. and especially for a younger person. And um, it, it's quite scary. And I never. This is just looking. I haven't even thought about this. It's just thinking about it. It wasn't. I just think. Oh, I'm not very good at horror movies and things like that. So that used to be a little bit I still can't watch them horror movies and if, if I think think supernatural or sci-fi I sort of inclined to sort of go mm, one hand over the face and, or get up and go and make a cup of tea <laughs> or a cup of coffee or, or do you know what I mean I, it, I sort of avoid that I mean I can't watch and that was a bit Doctor Who when it first started mm. but then when I was offered it I quite enjoyed it and then once you learn how it all works, because the fertile imagination is, is dreadful, but it's good, um, it was great to do it. Well, look, Peter, it's, um, <laughs> I, my task has been to get an anecdote from every single Doctor Who story. And I'd already got one from Destiny of the Daleks because of Tony Asoba, but when I got yeah. the opportunity to meet you, I, I couldn't resist it. So I'm, I'm, very, I'm, I'm very grateful that you've uh, given your time. So I will just ask you to nominate a charity for the listeners to pay to, as this is free. Um, the Macmillan Nurses, without a doubt. Good my my, um, um, my surrogate son um, had cancer, died of cancer at the age of 35. No, 25, sorry, 35. Is Gay Brown's, Gay Brown's an actress, a great friend of mine, um, had cancer, and they were fantastic. And without them, Macmillan, even on Christmas Day, when just absolutely, that's where I go. That's where I put a lot of stuff in. Great. And Macmillan nurses, Macmillan nurses. Macmillan we will, nurses. and I will. I um, I'll put the. I'll do a little addendum at the end, and I'll. Yeah. I'll read the website out. Thank you. Uh, and uh, Doctor Who is fifty this year, Peter. So um, fifty. Yes. The final. Good. The final question is your message to all those Doctor Who fans out there on this illustrious year. Um. Happy anniversary. Is really and um, in the fiftieth year, why don't you all write in? And I would like to do another Doctor Who. <laughs> is that, that's all about me? All about me? No, no, no. I'd love to do another one. But at fifty years, it's terrifying. Mm. It seems a short time. Started the day after Kennedy was assassinated. I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, what a pleasure. This, that's a good thing you must say to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what a pleasure, and uh, thank you for your company. Oh, Toby, thank you, thank you. And uh, it always me to say, well, one, thank you to Gulliver for sitting silently for half an hour. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and thank you very much to Peter Strake. Oh, thank you. Thanks. My thanks to Peter. Uh, you'll notice that I said at the top that I just met a Farrell. I think I even pronounced it wrong. Um, well, don't go scrabbling because that interview hasn't actually been released yet. Uh, these aren't coming out in the order I've done them in for various reasons too tedious to go into. Next up, I've cheated a bit and gone to a mate's house. Uh, he didn't do much in Who, but he has good memories of it. And he's a professional raconteur, so it's, it's good quality chat. Please donate to Macmillan Nurses, as Peter requested, www.macmillan.com. 
macmillan.org.uk M-A-C-M-I-L-L-A-N.org.uk And please send any leads you may have to potential contributors to me at podcast at bigfinish.com or if they have a very short name and address on Twitter at Toby Hado, H-A-D-O-K-E. Big thanks to the people who did just that, to Ben Randall, who put me in touch with Peter and actually paved the way to the chat that you've just heard, and to Stephen Elsden for putting Ben in touch with me. Thanks, chaps. Much appreciated. By being in a place, you have an impact. Every little action has a consequence. Usually they're swept away, smoothed over, but sometimes you really can change history, and that's dangerous. Brings you to Berlin, Susan. Nightlife, the boys, the politics. Science. My grandfather wanted to see the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute. Grandfather spun around, catching my eye as he disappeared into the car. Susan! We need to call the police! Are you sure? I'd worry about awkward questions if I were you. Foreigner, new in town, rolling in money. Straight in there with top scientists speaking suspiciously good German. Minutes later, a botched kidnap of their number one man. I'd wager they're more likely to see you as a problem than offer a solution. You don't want me dead. You wouldn't be so keen to drug me if you did. You want me alive. <laughs> True, but I'm quite happy to hurt you to get my way. A great deal if need be. I've bought more gold, Herr Strittmatter. I need your help. 